Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to the Bean the Weekend Edition. First with yesterday's news, I am Glenn ZB. We're looking back at Sunday and Saturday, because that's how weekends work. Uh, a year of Taliban rule in Afghanistan, how's that working out for them? Uh, the Black Caps, are they slowly coming right in the West Indies? After starting right, then going wrong? Uh, Jen Wigmore is always right, in my view, which is why if she's ever on our station, I'll put her in the podcast. And we'll find out why Jack sold his apartment. That seems like a very important thing also to put in the podcast. Uh, but first up, uh, what's, uh, um, uh, what's Michael Wood? talking about uh, the headline for your press release says the government steps up action to plug the skills gap uh, would it be fair to also say it's plugging stepping up to just plug the labor gap well yes we clearly do have parts of our workforce in which there are real challenges just getting enough workers to do the job that's partly a result of record low unemployment which is you know, basically a good thing we want kiwis to have have jobs and it's a result of two and a half years of our borders being largely or completely closed so we are trying to make sure that we've got the flexible policies in place that do incentivise employers to recruit New Zealanders where they can and should, but also provide the ability to fill those gaps where there isn't. When did you realise we had a problem we needed to uh, get people in? Oh, well, look, these some of the policies we've announced today have been under development for quite some time. It was back in only last month, July, that we had the immigration rebalance, a new visa category called the Employer Accredited Employer Work Visa set up. And it means the main way of bringing in temporary migrant workers is by becoming accredited and agreeing to pay the median wage. But we recognise there would be some sectors for whom that would just be a little bit of a bridge too far at this stage. So some months ago, we agreed to set up these sector agreements. Then in terms of the working holiday makers, uh, this was something that probably about one to two months ago after I came into the role, um, I became aware that there were certainly some pressures in some of these uh, sectors and a little bit more flexibility here. Uh, would help some of those sectors, particularly tourism and hospitality, who can be quite seasonal and just need a little bit of additional labour at this time. Did you know that tourism and hospitality can be a bit seasonal? Yeah. So anyway, uh, let's not get too critical there. It sounds like they are trying to fix some stuff. Um, and then, of course, you had an article on the Sunday programme last night where some of these seasonal workers aren't being treated very well. So we're going to have to look at that. Um... Hard work being in charge of the country, isn't it? Um, uh, the, the Taliban seem to be loving it, though, in Afghanistan. What's it like at the work. moment? I saw World Vision this week said Afghanistan is now the world's worst humanitarian crisis, or likely to be the world's worst humanitarian crisis. What is life for people inside the country actually like? Uh, it's a mix of uh, everything that perhaps we don't want or have will ever experience here in little old Aotearoa in New Zealand. I mean, for everyday Afghans, particularly, you know, uh, minorities and particularly women especially, um, their rights have been curtailed. Mm. But it's the basic necessities, you know. There are, there are, you know, what we used to call bread lines, right? People just waiting for days on end uh, for the World Food Programme or any other agency to dish out food, um, winters in Afghanistan have been particularly brutal so that there's no heating and you've got tent cities popping up all over the place, live, people living there. So it's just a horrific, horrific situation. And then not to mention, you know, when the Taliban were fighting the government, it was mostly the Taliban doing the attacking and setting those roadside bombs, etc. And now that has kind of 
um, come down a little bit because the Taliban are now in control. Yeah. But there are offshoots of other terrorist organizations which the Taliban are now fighting. So the security situation is still dire in that regard. Yeah, it's always worth reminding yourself of that sort of thing, isn't it? When you're at the supermarket and the tomatoes are $6 and not $5. I often think to myself, well, you know, it could be worse. It could be in Afghanistan, I suppose. Um, the Black Caps aren't here or in Afghanistan. They're in the West Indies at the moment. And uh, they sort of got off to a hot start with the T20s and then had a sort of a rough patch. And then also didn't bat well uh, yesterday, but still won. But one guy did bat well, though, and he went on Piney's show. I guess four more runs would have been nice to, to notch up that first ever one-day international 100. But um, how do you reflect on the win in Game 2 overall yesterday? Yeah, obviously it was a it was a pretty competitive game and um, a pretty good one for us in the end. Um, uh, look, I suppose I, I I don't really look into milestones too much personally. Um, I suppose the most disappointment for me was around you know the the ten overs that I had left to bat to you know uh, score some more runs to to give us a winning total. Um, and I guess fortunately we had enough on the board uh, thanks to I guess a pretty unreal opening spell from Timmy and Trent up top. Did you think at, uh, at the break that 2.12 would be enough or did you think you were maybe 20 or 30 short? Well, I'd kind of said that I thought a 2.40 would be a winning score given the the due factor that's been quite strong and then the weather and stuff. Um, the wicket changes quite drastically as the game goes on and particularly in the second inning. So, yeah, um, I, we we had to kind of make it enough, didn't we? And that was kind of what we talked about. You know, it's going to be these last two games have been, you know, scrappy games. And that's something we talk about, you know, being good at scrapping and getting those those wins. So I think we definitely did that quite well. Yes, that's true. Just so they know, it is fine not to, to, to have a scrappy win, just to have a really super convincing, dominating win. If they want to do that um, today, that'd be great. Um, from Finn to Jin now is really the main reason I put these two bits of audio together in the podcast, just so I could say that. Uh, Jen Wigmore, I'm always going to put her in, because she's great. I say it's been a busy time for you, but actually that just seems to be your life in general, doesn't it? Busy? <laughs> it does, well, especially if you're a mum. Oh my God, it's insane. Yeah, I'm trying to raise two little people into being great humans, and living in one of the biggest cities in the world, and finish, just finished another record. And ready to tour and juggling solo mum life while my husband jets around the world playing loads of shows again. So it's um it's it's a light, but I love it. I am so drawn to chaos at this point that it feels weird when it's too quiet. You kind of got to embrace it, don't you? I love it. I love it. I think something's wrong if it gets if I can have too much time to rest or if I'm sitting reading a book. I'm like, there's got to be something. There's something's happened. Something's wrong. Something's amiss. Why am I relaxing? <laughs> so you've you've rescheduled your sold out tour dates from earlier this year. You've um, Selwyn Sounds has been rescheduled. Are, are you itching to get back over here? Yeah, I am. It's like it's just one of the things that I need to do each year. You know, is touch base with home and reconnect with New Zealand in every way. You know, from family to the beach to going for a swim to breathing in fresh air again. Um, to the food, the culture, everything about New Zealand I love and miss and I really look forward to it every year, kind of getting nourishment from all of that. So it was, it felt weird not going back this year, 
Um, but it's, it's, you know, it, absence makes the heart grow fonder. So I am totally ready for 2023 and to play and be part of this really cool festival and play these smaller shows. I mean, that was really a, a considered way to play New Zealand again is to go around some of these smaller venues. Um, you meet people from time to time who just give off an amazing amount of energy and Jim, Jim, Jim Wigmore, I wish you could say a name, it'd be helpful, um, is one of those people. If, if, I, if we could just sort of plunk them into the national grid, I, I don't think there would be any energy issues ever again. Just get round up all those people and plug them in. Um, see, I'd be a drain. I'm, I'm the opposite. I just suck up all the energy, whereas she gives it out. Uh, we're going to finish up here uh, with uh, Jack Tain. He's quite an energetic person, actually. Um, but I'm not quite sure why we have to hear why he sold his apartment. I'm sure there's a reason. But I sold my home at a fair price. CV, after agent fees and everything else, after about five and a half years, I'll basically end up with what I paid for it. You could drive yourself mad by playing the, oh, well, what if I'd bought a decaying bungalow instead game? And knowing my luck, the apartment market will probably double in the next six months. It's land value that has wildly appreciated over the last few years. But honestly, I didn't buy my place intending to make money. I bought it as a home. And in serving that purpose, it's been perfect. I'm a big believer that high density suits people at different stages of life. As well as young professionals, a lot of the people in my building are older They've downsized. They've done the kids. They've done the houses with backyards and gutters to clean. They're sick of that stuff. But now they've reached a stage of life where they value lower maintenance living. They enjoy the communal aspect of living in an apartment building. They love the light and the views and being able to walk everywhere. I feel sad. I do. To be leaving the 16th floor. It has been a wonderful home. I'm going to start packing up my moving boxes over the next few weeks. And as I lock and leave for the final time, it'll make me happy to know that hmm, in 25 or 30 years, there's a good chance I'll be back. I've noticed a bit of a trend with Jack's comments and editorials in recent times that he seems to have been influenced out of a certain lifestyle and into another sort of... I'm not sure that it's... He, he gives you the impression that it's it's just a natural evolution for him, but I feel like it's an, an influence evolution for him. Or am I reading too much into it? I'm just speaking for somebody who was definitely influenced into a certain sort of a lifestyle and is continually influenced into a higher maintenance lifestyle than I personally perhaps might have chosen if I'd just been left to my own devices. Although in saying that, if I had been left to my own devices, I'd probably be dead by now because I, I would have just gone with an all bourbon slash pizza slash melted cheese lifestyle. And I don't know how sustainable that is. I'm still waiting for the study that says that that stuff's all really good for you and is the secret to longevity. I am Glenn ZB. Uh, that has been news to what they've been, and uh, because I'm not living that lifestyle quite as much as I'd like, I'll probably be back again tomorrow.